Hi there, today on Typical Books we're talking about Island by Richard Lehman. I just finished reading this, it was my BT summer read. It's not quite summer yet here, but uh, I thought I'd start it off with a bang. I have the 2002 Leisure Edition copy and it has kind of a boring cover to it. It's at sunset, but the original 1995 version has a bloodied straight razor on the cover and it tells way more of a story. It's stuck into a palm tree and there is a yacht in the background. Very, very cool cover. I like it a lot better. So why did I choose to read Highland by Richard Lehman? It is one of my favorite Richard Lehman books. And as you know, I have a pretty big copy. I have 13 books left to get in my Richard Lehman collection uh, outside of the very rare and weird ones and pseudonym ones. It is one of his thicker novels as well. So it is a bit of an outlier already. So when I started reading some of my Richard Lehman, I wanted to read some of my favorites. I also wanted to read it kind of chronologically, uh, even though this isn't one of his oldest titles and I had started out with the Beast House stuff, I wanted to just kind of jump ahead. I also got to read a few other books that I'd gotten as gifts in between. So I thought, you know what, I might as well mix it up and start with a summary read that is Island. I also remember this being one of the more different layman books. He's often accused and I often accuse him of having written in kind of a paint by numbers way. It's not just a typical layman where you follow a girl around while she gets into trouble and hijinks ensue and she doubts her body image and it gets subtly improved because she's suddenly tasked with doing a whole bunch of stuff around some like horn dog men. That's like fairly typical uh, outsider's idea of layman. Even people who read him and love him have a similar idea. It still has some tropes of Richard Layman's books where people are sort of like rumping around and rutting constantly and there's dongs bouncing in the breeze and there's some like very questionable consent going on and almost wrong turn levels of cannibalistic orgies. It's very very much Richard Layman. A lot of his books are like that if you've never read Richard Layman. And this is sort of like light you know it's not just all uh rumping around and it's not without its bodacious babes the setting of island of course is on an island and it's somewhere in the 80s it's a, a group of people that have taken a yacht cruise and they're not all related and that makes for some interesting dynamics here our characters are marooned fairly quickly in their voyage i think it's a two-week cruise and it's about the first week uh, they spend some time sunning and funning and then their boat explodes and it starts out pretty quickly right there or more accurately it starts when the narrator finds pen and paper to write down and begin his diary his telling this novel of what happened the day the boat exploded the group consists of an extended family we have uncles and friends and mothers and kids and extended boyfriends of people. Uh, Rupert is our main character and he is dragged along on this two-week voyage and even from the beginning he didn't really want to be there. He was thinking of dumping his girlfriend but he ended up on this cruise anyway which is a really neat dynamic to start us out with. They haven't had a full-on falling out but that tension does exist and then the boat explodes which is a really great place for us to be dropped right in on the action. Now of course one of their group did stay behind on the boat Prince Wesley, I think his name was. And I don't know, he's not a prince. Uh, he's not royalty. I don't know why they call him prince. If it's like a joke that Rupert is calling him prince, I must have missed that. And I missed it the first time I read it years ago too. So I don't really understand why he's called Prince Wesley, but 
they presume he's dead because he's blown up on the boat, right? The boat is blown to smithereens and we get a really good uh, idea of that pieces of debris fell for quite some time and they were waiting to see like chunks of this guy and they never did. But still, like, it was blown to smithereens. This event sets up the story, not only with this like explosive beginning, but also that they can scavenge some things from the boat and they spend some time explaining that. And I really like this setup. They're not relying on this like magical uh, happenstance of things ending up on the island. It's all pretty deliberate when Lehman is setting us up for what they have and what they don't have. This is all written down by Rupert in his notebook. And I like that it's not a diary setup. It's a novel through and through. He occasionally tells us he's back to catch us up with what happened earlier that day, or he hasn't had a time to write, so here's what happened. Or, you know, wool gathering some of the, his ideas and opinions. He even admits that if someone finds us, he might get in trouble because he's talking about the girls and how they look and stuff like that. And he is like a 17 year old bit of a horn dog, but it doesn't take us out of that in that it's not epistolary, it's not a diary, it's written like a novel. He doesn't introduce every section like a diary would too. He kind of loses track of days pretty quickly. So who is here? The characters in this book, like I said, Rupert, uh, he is our main character, our narrator, our hero, so to speak. Um, then there's Prince Wesley, who I mentioned earlier, who presumably blows up with the boat. And then there are the girls. Connie is Rupert's girlfriend, but uh, Prince Wesley had a wife or has a wife, had a wife, whatever, Thelma, and she is the sister to the other people that have come on this boat trip. Kimberly, who's married to Keith. So Kimberly and Thelma are sisters. Uh, there's a stepsister, Connie, who's the youngest one, who is Rupert's girlfriend. And that's why Rupert is there. The mom and dad are there too. Uh, Andrew, I believe his name is, and Billy. And they are like the older people. So there's like a good mix of dudes and girls and young and old here. And the old, like Billy, uh, is not that old. She is, uh, a MILF, I suppose, as people would say, and how she's described. Uh, everyone else is like, it's a pretty cool uh, mix. And one thing that Virgil Lehman doesn't always do, but kind of does here, uh, I don't think there's a real reliance on Scooby-Doo, but Thelma reminds me of Thelma from Scooby-Doo. I hope that that explains Thelma. Now, of course, the most important characters are our main ones. Uh, Connie and a lot of the women sort of balance themselves out here and there through the story, depending on who's in the forefront. Uh, Rupert is our hero, though. He's always there. And Prince Wesley, just very important from the beginning because he might have blown up with this boat. I don't think it would have worked quite as well being told from anyone's point of view, of course. Uh, Rupert is there through the whole story. He's in a really good mix of relationships with all of these people. And it's just a really compelling way to have this story told. And I'm more than happy to follow along with what he has to say. He doesn't really get along with his girlfriend. He sort of has a weird relationship with the men here and there. One of them treats him like a little kid. One of them kind of hates him. It's very strange. Uh, the women, he is mothered by Billy to a certain extent and kind of has the hots for her. And he's hated by his girlfriend off and on eventually. It's very interesting compelling dynamics going on with all these people. Although there is a lot of point of view and perspective from other people that find its way into the diary, the story is very much Rupert's and I enjoy being dragged along on his opinion. Now you could argue there is very, very much of the male gaze happening here. And you could argue that happens in every Richard Lehman book. If you don't enjoy books written from that perspective, I would suggest skipping this because 
uh, like most Richard Lehman books do have a female protagonist and they are written from the point of view of a female. They really are. <laughs> it's fun to read along despite putting up with the male gaze. I thoroughly enjoy it here because it is written from a, like a 17 year old boy's point of view. So he is uh, mixed in with these women that are undeniably bodacious, wonderful, gorgeous, strong women uh, on a desert island and they're given it for all they're worth to survive. So it's really cool to see at that point, but he is also being uh, steered by his hormones. Now, these ladies are reminiscent of Betty Page, super strong, super athletic, super wonderful women and very well-rounded. So it does give a good perspective that way, but it is ultimately told through the eyes of someone who is looking at them in a particular way. A lot of Richard Lehman books, it's pointed out in a lot of reviews that you have to kind of look at the hero and the villain through the same sort of lens as well. And those sort of things are at odds. Our hero is not spotless. Our villain, maybe, I don't know, this villain doesn't have anything that you'd really want to relate to. It creates this peculiar tug of war in the reader and in the storyline between who's doing the right thing or the wrong thing. Everyone exhibits shades of this dark and light and good and bad. And in my opinion, it uh, reflects reality <laughs> to a really good degree. I think so. Uh, if you're in it for 100% escapism, then maybe it might not be for you. I know having a morally gray character seems to be the hip thing to do these days. If you really want that and like it in your dark horror extreme fiction, Richard Lehman's fun for that. The fun thing with Rupert is he doesn't particularly like everybody on this island. And while he has some like harbored romantic feelings for some people, he does have like straight up dislike for a lot of them and it comes through on the page and it's fun to read about. His relationship with his girlfriend Connie is abusive and snarky at worst. And at best, they tolerate one another as sort of like brother and sister. So they do spar from time to time. And her sort of character arc is very interesting as well. Now they remain stranded for a significant amount of time. And it's not all just fighting and, and dealing with the villains, so to speak. There is quite a little bit of this like survivor kind of thing going on and you get to see like spear fishing and what they do for shelter and that's interesting too. It does start out with a bang and it does start out with describing what's going on the island. I find it compelling. It, it actually moves along really well. There's no real sagging middle to be found. It starts out with an intriguing premise and moves along quite quickly from there. It's almost unputdownable for the first third of the novel actually in my opinion. It remains super enjoyable, so it doesn't have a sagging middle, uh, which is something that happens to a lot of novels. There are a lot of like twists and turns throughout the middle of the book, and I wouldn't call it like a twisty turny book by any means, but it's just some things that are discovered. And there's a lot to discover on this island, which is quite large. We figure out that it would take about two days or so to walk around the whole island. So that gives you a bit more scope and you start to feel this island out along with the people abandoned there. Now, whether the ending of the book revolves around their eventual escape or rescue from this island, I will leave for you to discover. Uh, and it may or may not have an ambiguous ending. Richard Lehman books sometimes do end with a happy ending, although it's a very dark, tainted happy ending. And some people might be sickened by the happy ending. In a lot of Richard Lehman books. This one isn't quite as dark as all of the others, but it does have a really uh, not ambiguous ending, but I mean it is a fulfilling ending, very much so. I The ending of this stuck with me very much through the years. Uh, a lot of this book stuck with me from the first time I read it, and there's a reason why I liked it so much, and the end is part of that reason. 
There are things about this island, secrets if you will, that you discover around like the, like the last fifth or sixth of the book. So it's weird in that you discover the big plot point, big reveals aren't happening at the climax. Uh, I like that this happens near the end and it kind of changes it into a whole different book. Gives you a really weird perspective of like the madness of man and how a really sick and depraved mind can be so highly organized. And I really, I found it quite delicious actually. So if you're new to Richard Lehman, you've heard about their explicit and graphic tendencies, especially in terms of their graphic, sexual and violent nature. This is a bit of a departure. Uh, that sort of stuff does happen. A lot of it's off page and it happens near the very end of the book. So you have a lot of really meaty story that has been built up. It doesn't just start out with dongs bouncing in the breeze and rumps rutting rampantly. It's, it gets there slowly, which is refreshing. And it isn't all about that. Not till the end does it uh, become apparent. In a way, it's sort of rare that these things are introduced uh, so late in the novel and don't really reach the fever pitch that a lot of his books are known for. You know, it's not really an extreme uh, sexually depraved horror novel at that point. Uh, it does have its moments, but like I said, a lot of that's off page actually. And it's not our hero being the person that is perpetuating these things or having these acts done to them. As far as the male gaze, even at that point, uh, we're dealing with a very hormonal 17 year old boy who acknowledges this and kind of lets us know uh, in the writing. So it's interesting to have that perspective on things that are normally either uh, a very naive or a very, very knowledgeable uh, BDSM sort of point of view in Richard Lehman books that you often get. It's something right in the middle. As for his other books, if you find them formulaic, repetitive, this is a bit of a change. Island is um, unique in that it's written in a diary format and unlike most of his books written from the point of view of a younger man. So if you've read some Layman, you think it's not for you, maybe give Island a try before you put it all down. Or if you're new to Layman, you've heard about him and you're not sure you want to start with like the most depraved thing, maybe try Island first. Also, if you like books centered around abandoned islands, not that there's a whole lot of those, but if you like this survivor-esque type of thing, if you enjoy that show and you want some sort of survival themed horror, if you're looking for more of that, this is an excellent contender. Now I hesitate to compare this to something like The Island of Dr. Moreau or some other very uh, great literary works of fiction that you may have some parallels to in the abandonment and isolation factor alone. But if you're looking for other books like this, there are quite a few. Certainly there's books that explore people being abandoned on an island. And I don't want to draw too many parallels to those that are like uh, cannibalistic or uh, promote xenophobia or uh, are exploitative in that nature. There are a lots of those too, but you could check out, of course, everyone's favorite ritual by Adam Neville. Really similar, might not be an island, but it is a horror novel that follows a group of men into the forest where they become greatly isolated and are pursued and quite alone and need to survive and they are in danger. Very similar sort of idea there. Another that takes place on an island, The Troop by Nick Cutter. I love The Troop. I found it just a compelling idea. There's a group of boys, a troop of Boy Scouts, I believe, on an island with their scout leader and evil comes to that island. 
Then there's Survivor Type by Stephen King. I talked about Survivor Type. It is a short story by Stephen King. I talked about it on my top five extreme horror and it is quite extreme. It's, it follows a young surgeon who is marooned on a desert island after a plane crash. He's the only survivor. He has no food, no nothing, except a gigantic bag of cocaine. And one I've not read that I'm very interested in now is by Josh Mallerman. Black Mad Wheel came out in 2017. I'd never heard of it. And it deals with a band. I think it's a World War II band that has been tasked with investigating a loud, weird, ominous noise emanating from an abandoned island. So if isolated desert islands and rumtastic rutting and horrible extreme horror and a lot of blood and gore are your thing, Island by Richard Lehman. I enjoyed the living heck out of it. It's sort of a biased thing to return to single book reviews by reviewing a book that I know I love, but boy, did I love this book. So yeah, if you've read Island, let me know what you think down below. If you've not read it, and don't want to pick it up, I'm really interested to know why. But if you read it, definitely let me know what you think. And if there's anything like this or that you just think I ought to read, let me know in the comments. Thank you so much for watching and have an ooky spooky day. Thank <laughs> you.